Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of See the World Differently. We hope you enjoyed our first episode last month and getting to know myself and Todd a little bit better and escape for a little bit down to the Exumas with us. Um, This time, this week, as promised, we're going to talk about the top five destinations we think you should go if you're choosing a yacht holiday. But more than that, we actually think it's some of the best, you know, global destinations that you can take. They encompass various things from culture and shopping and nightlife to beaches and relaxation. So if you want, you know, our top five picks, this is it. And it's starting to thaw out a little bit here in Canada. Um, not so much for parts of Europe as we've seen, but uh, we're starting to dream about our next vacation. So to hit us off for the day, Todd's going to introduce our topic and we're so happy that you're here with us again. Hi, Rebecca. Great to be with you again today. Uh, as as you said, we're going to look at the top five destinations around the world uh, for those of you that are starting to dream about planning that first yacht vacation. Before we do that, though, I thought uh, maybe we should talk a little bit about what you should look for in a destination because really the world is your oyster and you can go anywhere you want on when you're planning such a vacation um, so there's there's certain things that you should really look for, um, starting with you want a destination that has a number of little little islands or little um, spots to go to within short cruising distance of one another. You're not going to want to spend a lot of time cruising the open seas on your very first yacht holiday. So either something people don't really realize either, do they? How long it actually takes to get to certain places, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not like you're on a, a large cruise ship and you can cruise, you know, overnight and and it, over the nighttime you, you've covered, you know, two or 300 miles or more. Mm-hmm. You're, you're wanted, you might do two or 300 miles in the, in the whole week on you know, a yacht trip. Yeah. So you want to find the, where either a number of cities that are close together or a number of attractions that are close together. Or like we talked about in the Exumas last week, there, every day there's 365 islands in the Bahamas every day that you can be on a different island and it's only you know, a short island or a short hop on the yacht away from one another. You're only cruising an hour or two a day of that. Yeah, and that's not necessarily a bad thing either. I think some people might have this idea that, well, on a cruise, like you say, I can do 200, 300 miles a night. But the downfall is that you get an afternoon in one location and before you know it, you're back on the boat and you're, you've left that port. So if you didn't see whatever you wanted to see, too bad kind of thing. Whereas you can take the time to enjoy each location and, you know, like you say, if, if you really like a beach, well, stay an extra day because you can always go to the other one the next day. It's not that far. And equally, if you don't like it, there's another option around the corner kind of thing, right? Exactly. And that's, you're not on a preset itinerary. So if you're having a great time, you stay as long as you want. And and if you're done with a location, you move on and because there's always lots to see as long as you, again, you've picked that destination that has lots of options in front of you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The other thing, uh, and, you know, people are always afraid of uh, seasickness and things like that. And so if you have a, a nervous sailor in your, in your group, you'll also want to pick a, 
a destination that has lots of sheltered anchorages or marinas with good facilities where you can, you know, get out of the wind and, and your yacht won't be rocking too much at the, in the evening or in, in, as you're trying to sleep where you're actually in a marina or something like that. So that's another thing to think about depending on who's in your, your group. Right. And sometimes those, you know, sheltered anchorages and places, like you say, with good facilities will have lots of other things on offer too, right? So there's probably excursions or um, things that you can do if you wanted to get time off the boat or time away from the toys and things like that, right? Exactly. And that, that gets to what kind of, uh, um, what kind of holiday your group wants to have if you're uh, a bunch of beachcombers and you like just sitting on the beach or playing in the waves, then you're going to want to pick a destination that has all the great beaches like uh, like the Exumas, like uh, Australia, things, places where there's lots of great beaches to go. Um, you may, your group may be more into culture and museums. And so the French Riviera or New York City or, or city, big city life might be might be a choice as well. So it really depends on what type of holiday that you, you want to have. I've often thought that um, golf and, and a yachting holiday would be fantastic as well, where you could uh, in, you know play golf in the morning if you had a group, uh, two foursomes or one foursome of golfers in your group and you could you could play golf in the morning and go back and play in the afternoon with the, your yacht toys and enjoy your dinner and then you move the yacht up the coast a little bit and you do it all over again on a brand new golf course the next day kind of thing. So. Yeah, I think we've had that dream holiday chat, you know, about you know being on your yacht is lovely enough and you love to pair the golf and we've said before pair a cycle trip, you know, or something else active that you like to do and you can just spend your time on the boat at night, eating, dining, swimming, whatever, and then go on to land when you want to do that activity that you love so much. And I think that's probably part of the freedom of a yacht holiday too, is that you also have the land-based stuff. It isn't always just being on board. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And one, a good one I wanted you to touch on too is you obviously did a, one of your charters recently was with teenagers so I'm sure you realized how important something like a Wi-Fi connection is when you're on board. Yeah, and it's not just with teenage. I mean, that's today's uh, you know youth is uh, always wants to be connected and texting their friends and things like that. So Wi-Fi coverage can be an issue, and certainly in some of the uh, regions around the world where you can enjoy your uh, yachting vacation, Wi-Fi is a challenge, even included in like the Bahamas, some of the out islands that there is a challenge there. Right. Um, and it also depends on whether, you know, if you're all adults in your party, if somebody actually has to get some work done as well, sometime during the, or check in at the office, um, you want to make sure that you can at least get connected uh, sometime during your holiday, although I'd argue that we need to do a better job uh, disconnect or unconnecting from the world to some extent as well. Yeah, it's kind of a good thing. It's like when you're, well, nowadays you can even get Wi-Fi on planes, but it used to be kind of nice, you know, even on a long-haul flight, you had to power down and you didn't have a choice. And now it's just so easy to always be connected, which we actually need to move away from a little bit. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. 
The other, um, when you're picking your destination, one of the other aspects is, is, uh, you know, how easy it is to get to, uh, the Bahamas is a perfect destination from North America because the ease of getting there from most major hubs in North America, there are some, and that's something that we've looked at when we've tried to plan our own vacations is, you know, how, how easy is it to actually get there? And do you spend a day and a half traveling or, absolutely, uh, yeah. Or is it, what are the direct flight options or something like that? One thing that I've done in, on our trips is I always plan to go down a day early and stay in a hotel the night before um, so that you, in case your flight is delayed or, or, you know, that there's major issues on your flight to get to wherever you're going, um, you're not quite as worried about getting on your yacht at, at noon the next day kind of thing. Yeah, and I guess if we're thinking more... Um, on a global scale, right? If you have a yacht vacation, like you said, in, in Australia or, or Indonesia, somewhere where there are delays and there's you're traveling for a whole day maybe or something, you, do, you also want to acclimatize a little bit, don't you? And not worry that it's going to cut into your the ultimate vacation just by traveling. Exactly. If you were traveling, you know, four or five time zones different, you probably want to get there two or three days so you don't spend your first day or two on your yacht vacation uh, with jet lag frazzled yeah kind of missing out on it all and same thing for um, price wise I guess for the flights right I mean we do offer the all-inclusive rates but some people kind of forget that oh it'd be fantastic to go to the med um, and explore the Mediterranean a little bit but then flights to get there depending where you're going from can also add on to the cost of your holiday so it's probably something people need to be aware about when they are booking a yacht vacation Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So why don't we jump into some of the actual destinations that we recommend? And, you know, last last episode, we touched on the Bahamas. That's still one of my favorite destinations. And, um, you know, over over the years, I've asked uh, other yacht captains or yacht captains and other industry people where they would go if they recommended any one place on a yacht vacation and the Exumas in the Bahamas has been mentioned on multiple locations. So, really? uh, yeah, as I said, it, it is really, it, it, it kind of ticks all the boxes that we've just talked about. So yeah. that's one to keep in mind. Um, we, we really focused on that the last uh, episode. So you can go back to episode one and, and revisit that if you want. Um, we've also enjoyed a holiday in the British Virgin Islands as well, where that's another popular destination in the Caribbean, where um, there's lots of little islands that you can just cruise for an hour or two every day or, or you know, uh, anchor in a secluded little um, uh, harbor um, or bay, and you're out of the wind, and, and uh, it's, there's lots to do in, in the British Virgin Islands. I know that they were severely damaged in the hurricanes last year, but uh, from all the news that we see is the islands are getting back on their feet, if they will, and getting ready for tourism again. And, and so before too long, I think that'll be another you know, wonderful destination to go. Yeah. Can I ask, because I know you do love the Bahamas and you're actually looking into going again. How many times have you been down to the Bahamas? Uh, two. Too. Oh, is that all? Uh, okay. On a yacht trip. We've been yeah. there a number of times on other vacations, but on a yacht trip, uh, 
We've only been twice. Yeah. But that's just, that's saying something, right? Vacation's really precious. And if you keep going back to the same place, yeah, I mean, that's a great endorsement for me to go there, you know, if, if you love it that much. Yeah. 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 The one thing I will say um, back to the British Virgin Islands, the one thing I liked there that was different than the Bahamas is the snorkeling and the diving, I think, is a lot better in the in the British Virgin Islands, or at least there's a, it's different. Um, really? In the Bahamas, the, the the base of the ocean is is largely a lot of sand base. And so, um, you know, it's very different snorkeling where there's a lot more uh, rocky formations and, and, you know, thing a little bit more to see in terms of uh, snorkeling and whatnot in the British Virgin Islands. Yeah, I guess you're getting different marine life too then, right? If there's more coral little or bit. rocky oak crops, yeah. A little bit. We didn't in the Bahamas. You can see sharks, and we didn't really see those. Now that could have been the time of year as well, but in the British Virgin Islands, we didn't see that as much. Okay. The water's warmer, so you, the sharks aren't quite as far down. I think. Oh right. Okay. And I guess you also in the Bahamas have the opportunity to get right up close with some of them too, right? It's exactly set up for it. So it's okay. Different. And um, I just wanted to ask before or as we move on because. I just went away to Boston and I asked you because you're also a lover of New England, uh, which I know a, a Red Sox fan, diehard. So, and that would be on your list as well, right? If you wanted to move somewhere further north away from the Caribbean and explore somewhere a little bit closer to home for, for most of our listeners, you'd recommend New England, wouldn't you? I would. I am most of the yachts in, or a lot of yachts in, in North America, they spend their winter months in Florida or the Bahamas or the Caribbean but then the owners of those yachts move them north in the in the spring and summer months, so they are available for charter in the New York, New England area in uh, in the summer months. Obviously, it's a much more limited season. Um, but I've often thought that again, the idea of baseball and Broadway. If you were in New York, although a Red Sox fan, I wouldn't. Uh, that's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. to go to that's a tricky game. one. Yeah. Okay. A tricky one. Uh, but even in Boston and, and you could, you know, spend a weekend in the Boston Harbor on your yacht. There's a lot of great things to see and do in the city of Boston besides going to Fenway. Uh, you could, you know, have dinner at Quincy markets and sample all the, all the f great foods that's there and, and the new England seafood and, then go out to Martha's Vineyards and and uh, all that type of stuff is in that area that that would make a great um, uh, summer holiday. And again, if you were with a party of four adults or four adult couples, um, you know there's uh, there's lots of sports life in in the New England New York area, and there's lots of uh, you know theater and shows and museums and shopping and you know, enough to keep everybody busy and happy for a, a week or long holiday or more. Yeah. And there's also the bonus. I mean, we're obviously in Canada and we get the beautiful autumn colors and fall colors. So I can imagine if you wanted to extend your summer vacation into September sometime and you get to cruise along the coast and see all the leaves changing colors, that's probably a pretty special time, I would think, to charter around there. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I haven't haven't done it personally yet, but uh, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Now, I I've spent a little bit of time in Europe, uh, but I know you've you've spent much more time there. Where where are your destinations in Europe? Yeah, I think the first place everyone thinks about is 
probably France or Italy. The the French Riviera is pretty top of people's list. Um, Spain obviously is really budding as a region as well. But I think for most, a perfect um, starting point if you wanted to go charter somewhere, you, you just can't beat the French Riviera. I mean, the Mediterranean there, it's kind of the birth of yachting if you think about it. You've seen all the pictures. You've also been to Monaco. You know how glittery and um, really one of a kind that area is. But I think people also get a little bit mixed up in it. They think it's just, you know, Monaco, Cannes, Saint-Tropez. It's it's all celebrities and this hedonistic lifestyle where underneath all of that, you also have a lot of culture. You have a lot of history. Um, I've spent quite a few different trips in Monaco and I agree, if you just went to the Yacht Club de Monaco, say, and it is so beyond the scale of most other yacht clubs, and you can tell there's a, there's a lot of money here, um, it might really turn some people off, maybe they think it's tacky, um, it, it's totally up to you, but if you just move away from the city a little bit, you'll discover tons of sweet little bistros and the kindness of the French people. I, I think they do get a bit of a bad rap in places. Um, but again, they this is what they thrive on. So I think you need to keep that in mind. And I personally would move down the coast more. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Antibes and uh, Joan Lapin. That's probably one of my favorite places. Like we were saying with you, the Bahamas. I could easily return every year to Joan Lapin and have a fine time. And it's not even that big of a place. It's just, you know, you're going to get amazing fresh seafood. There's lots of beach clubs where you can sit with your toes in the sand. And, you know, you're sitting at a really nice restaurant, though, with a cold glass of rosé. And you just see all the yachts bobbing in the distance. Um, so there's that aspect of it. But then, as I touched on a little bit before, I love cycling. And a few of those vacations have been... Um, cycling around there and it's it's just so easy like like you said if you were in Florida and you wanted to go to a golf course you know they're kind of dotted all around you could pull in at any port in the south of France and just start cycling your bike away from the water and before you know you're in these amazing mountains and you've got these incredible views of the bays and I think it's really unbeatable and of course with that you get a bit more <clears throat> excuse me of the European culture which exactly. some people are looking for yeah which you don't really get, you get different places that you go, right? Like in the Caribbean, you're going to get a certain type of culture and, and in the med, you'll get another type, but you do have that. Um, I, I think one of the challenges that you'll have in, in the French Riviera is deciding whether or not you're eating on board, uh, eating dinner on board your yacht <laughs> or visiting one of the, the fabulous restaurants and the famous French cuisine and wines that are you know, available in that region. So That's that'll, it. I think that'll be one of your toughest decisions every day is what do we do for dinner? <laughs> yeah. And if that's your toughest decision, I think you're probably doing okay. Um, exactly. And like you say, with a lot of captains you've spoken to, um, on this side of the world, the Exumas is big. I would say for a lot of people, you know, they live in France, they live down in parts of Italy, they spend their lives there. So they also know the regions really well. And like we were saying with cruising, you don't have to stay in France. You can cruise up the coast a little bit and dip into Italy. And, you know, they have go into the little cafes there and you have amazing coffee, plus the wine, plus, you know, the Italian like zest for life. So I, I think that's probably my top one. If you're going to start um, with a charter in Europe somewhere and you don't know where to start, that's your best jumping off point, I think. And I think you'd probably agree, having been there, it's 
set up for a yachting lifestyle. You, you'll want Absolutely. it for nothing. I mean, it, it is the birthplace of, of sort of the super yacht lifestyle. So yeah, I'd Absolutely. probably recommend not going during like a show season, which exactly. yeah, it gets a little bit crazy down there around September. Um, but that's okay. You'd probably be back in, in the States by then and want to go to new England on your yacht. So I would spend a summer on the Mediterranean for sure. that would be up there. And that actually works so well. Yeah, we've heard uh, also one of the new and upcoming places in in uh, the Med is Croatia, and I think you've been there as well. Yeah, I've been a couple times. Once, uh, you know, you kind of go backpacking as a young kid, so you're kind of grunging it a bit. But I did go to uh, Havar, which is probably one of the most popular islands, I would say, most people. So you, you can get there from Dubrovnik or Split, and those are some great places people will want to check out. If you're on a yacht vacation, it's really easy. There's plenty of marina options. You can anchor out and tender in, and there you get, you know, 13th century walled cities. You get a lot of history in a very small area. And with that, you also get a lot of islands, which I think if you're going to Croatia, you have to be going by boat. I've done it on a boat and not on a boat, and it was so much more enjoyable by yacht just because of what you get to see. You know, as you were saying about quiet bays and places to go, it's literally spit and you'll hit another island. And to me, that's exactly what you'd want in that part of the world. And each island has its own personality. Um, Havar is obviously one of the biggest, like I said. So it does have a bit more of the history intact. So yeah. you can get both. It's not just that. And the know, thing I like about European or the, you know, the, the history in Europe is, you know, hundreds of years old and the architecture. That's That's always what amazes me is the, all the architecture that's in some of these spots and the churches and yeah, and it's incredible. I, Even in the small places, eh? Exactly. Yeah, and we don't really get that as Canadians. You know, we've got Quebec City. It's pretty old, but it's not anything compared to uh, the Europeans. So that's something as an outsider and someone who's who lived in Europe for a while. I still never tired of that. So um, I would say, yeah, Croatia is definitely up there, and it's still a great time to go because everyone knows about. France and the the south of France, Provence and everything, but not a lot of people are still going to Croatia. So, you know, you might get cheaper options. You'll get quieter beaches. Maybe um, the restaurants won't all be packed. So there's a lot of bonuses to doing something like that. Um, Another time I went, actually a great thing for people to do is to dip into Montenegro. That's really close and that's really undiscovered still. So it's the perfect time to go. I went and there was hardly anyone there. I never had to wait for anything. The service was amazing. The people were so warm and friendly. Like that whole Eastern Med area is just waiting to be discovered. So I couldn't really choose which one to send you to, but if you wanted something off the beaten path, I would definitely say Croatia for sure. Well, that sounds, uh, sounds great. Yeah. And we were talking earlier too about when we were discussing this episode and where we want to go. And we have a few different options of travel coming up for both of us and I was saying to you Australia is definitely on my bucket list I haven't been able to go yet and I didn't know this part of you but you have a pretty fun experience there yeah so I spent when I was done university I spent nine or ten months in Australia and most of the time I I was in Brisbane which is a fantastic city Um, and then I spent about two months traveling up the east coast of Australia and then down through the center Um, but before I, just before I did that part of the trip, I spent, uh, three or four days sailing a small help. I, I wasn't the, I wasn't sailing. I was more a body on board, (laughs) uh, because I knew very little, uh, 
but we we um, sailed a racing yacht, uh, returned a, a yacht from Brisbane back to Sydney. Every year they do a, a Sydney to Brisbane race, and then they have to get the yachts back to to Sydney. So I spent three or four days uh, helping sail this yacht back down to from Brisbane to Sydney. And uh, that was a, an interesting experience for sure. And really one of my first real experiences of, of the yachting lifestyle and being out on the ocean, op- open ocean. And one of my, you know, bucket list items is to get back to Australia someday and enjoy it on a, a more luxurious, a, a bigger yacht and, and working with one of our partners there. Yeah. Uh, we did, uh, when I was traveling up the East coast, the, the North Queensland part of Australia and the coastlines there are just absolutely special. And, um, obviously the great barrier reefs there. And I did uh, a two day dive trip where we went out on a houseboat for two days and did some, uh, scuba diving. I think we did six dives overall. And so, um, that has always been near the top of my sort of to-do list is getting back to Australia and being able to d- enjoy the Great Barrier Reef and and the Whitsunday Islands where, um, you know, there's different islands that you can visit every day again, um, but do it by yacht. I think that would be a, a magical experience. And we've been fortunate that we've been able to find some partners there that have have some yachts available for for someone to try. Yeah, and I think people, what we were saying before, you know, keep in mind about flight times. I don't think it's something to be discouraged by either. I mean, as you've even said yourself, it's unbeatable, right? Like the Great Barrier Reef, seeing some of that coast, you're never going to have an experience like that again. So the long journey is definitely worth it, is what you're saying. Absolutely. And at the other end of the scale is is, um, it was really at the end of that uh, yacht trip or sailing the yacht from Brisbane to Sydney as you sort of sail into Sydney Harbor and you you get to see the city and the you know the opera house and the the harbor bridge and everything that's Sydney's a very special city as well so um you you have your choice when you go to Australia you can either enjoy the big city life and keep in the southern part of Australia um, and there's lots to see and do, or you can get up in the, in the Northern part of Australia and you get the beautiful beaches and the scuba diving and, and the Island life kind of thing. Yeah. So. Almost the best of both worlds. If you couldn't choose, you know, if you wanted to start in a main city, but then go completely off the trail somewhere else yeah, that's available you know, to you. It, for those of us in North America, it's not a weekend, a weekend. Yeah. Hope. yeah. <laughs> Book a bit of time off for that one. Yeah, I think. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And when we were speaking about these, our own bucket list items, because you've been to Australia, haven't, I've been to Indonesia and you haven't, and you are fired up now to get over to the South Pacific at some point. Yeah, that has always been at the top of my list is getting into, you know, South Pacific, Indonesia, Bali, uh, that region of the world is, um, you know, so undiscovered and untouched and almost pristine in such a way, in a way, the, the snorkeling, scuba diving and, and just the whole ocean lifestyle there, I think is, is a fantastic opportunity. And that is the number one thing to do on my travel bucket list is to get a holiday over there someday. And, and I'm, I'm just 
the videos and the imagery that we've seen from our new partner in Indonesia just makes me um, want to get there even sooner. I know. I think it's worth the long flight for sure. It's, I mean, even when I lived in Europe and flew there, it was still a day travel or something. And I, I would not change a thing. It was fantastic. It is. And you, you only touch on a part too, right? I think you could go multiple times and still never see everything or never see yeah. the same thing twice either. Yeah. And you'd spent some time on one of the yachts that is in that uh, we are featuring at Oceanscape Yachts, which is uh, uh, Dunia Barrow, right? That, that's right. Yeah. And it was, it was really incredible. It really opened my eyes to a lot of things as well. Before that, I had done sort of typical travel destinations, but going there is just, I mean, you could anchor up somewhere and tender in and then you're on a little island and there's a whole little village there you know and they're so welcoming to you but then you also have like world-class diving and the water's crystal clear that's always nice weather like I didn't see a drop of rain the whole time I was there I was in the right season obviously but it, it's like you say it's still really undiscovered and I think it should be at the top of most people's bucket list and maybe they'll see that um in our upcoming episodes actually we'll probably have the owner of Sequoia, which is the other yacht Todd was referring to, um, she'll be joining us. And they have done something really special as well because it's a smaller yacht. So you get a really unique experience with just the people closest to you. And it, it looks very special, like we've said. So we're really excited to have her on the show. Um, that'll be in one of the upcoming episodes. And we'll also be talking a bit about um, some little secrets that people maybe don't think about when they're booking out vacation, some things that can pop up that really turn that into a once in a lifetime experience. So you'll definitely want to tune in for those. Uh, we thank you for sharing our time today and Todd for sharing all the destinations you've been to. Thank you. And uh, all you've done is make me uh, think about our next vacation, planning our next vacation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's the hard thing. Eh? It's a little bit easier now with the thaw and I can see grass again. So that's a good sign outside. <laughs> exactly. So Thanks, everybody, and I look forward to uh, chatting with you again in the very near future. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to See the World Differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming. <laughs>